At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. All right, ready boys? Yeah, we're ready. Kendall, you ready? Hell! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is your mic on? All right, cool. Uh, hell! I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. And Kendall Long. What's up, suck army? We're back in the studio today. It's so good to be here. You guys want to know what I realized? <laughs> the suck noise. I just still love it. You guys want to know what I realized on the way over to the podcast today? This is the fourth calendar year that Help I Suck at Dating has been around. And I know that's a bit of an embellishment because technically we've only been doing it for like 28 months, but it started in 2017, 2018, 2019, and now in 2020, four calendar years. And that... It's definitely the longest commitment I've ever had in my life. It's the longest years. you've ever done anything. Absolutely. <laughs> and sure, I've been in and out, up and down throughout the whole four years. But, you know, I'm proud I've of been that. on my own. I, I've been with Vanessa. I've been with Jared. But here we are, back in studio. It's my first time in studio in 2020. Um, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, feel free to do that. We checked in on... Me, I think I called in from London. <laughs> yes, check it with the language. Yes, and uh, I kind of updated you guys on my injury, and I guess we can kind of continue to do that as the recovery goes on. Do you want to see the scar real quick, Jared? Yeah, Ooh. it looks. Oh, it looks like a tattoo. It was just well, like a centipede. A I understand you know? that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it kind of looks like a centipede or a millipede. Which one is it? A centipede would. Millipede would be much more. Little, I feel like dark. it would have more. Dots so, for the, the audience who can't see it, it's right above the. So it's on his right. Thigh on the right side, right above his Instagram verified tattoo. Yep, I got that. It's about, I'd say, a good four and a half inches, five inches long. Six inches. Six, six inches. inches. That's six inches. That doesn't seem like six inches. I think you're, I think you're uh, rounding up. I think it's just the, the angle you guys are looking at. From, I promise. Yeah, as you yeah. pull yeah. up your pants, <laughs> pull up your pant legs, and brag about your uh, six inches. You have a ruler. <laughs> I mean, if that's six inches, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah. Right now. It's um, funny because I was laying in the hospital bed and it was all bandaged up, and it was like the day after surgery. And the doctor comes in, and I ask, ask him about the incision and everything. And he goes, yeah, it's six centimeters long. We did three screws and a plate in your hip. And then uh, after a couple of days when I could take the bandage off, I was like, that's not six centimeters long because six centimeters is like an inch and a half. Yeah. And I was like, that's surprisingly small. Uh, turns out it's six inches long. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they put five screws in a plate in my hip. So I don't know if it was like a communication thing. Did they ask for your consent beforehand? The- 
the <laughs> for the surgery. The I feel like that's so invasive. Well, yes, very invasive. Yeah. yeah. They, they did ask my consent, but I was like hopped up on painkillers when they asked. Oh, they're me. like five screws. Like, oh wait, no, 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 three. But you know, <laughs> so how, many screws, how many screws do you want? Yeah. Just so you know, each one's like, I don't a want five, maybe two. Yeah. I think I, I think I mentioned last week, but when they were doing all that stuff, like I was like hopped up on painkillers, and they were like, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Can sign this form, and I'm like, uh, okay. And then I woke up a couple hours later. But I don't want to talk about me too much today because we obviously have Kendall in studio. She's going to be our co-host. And we have Happy a, to be here. Yeah, we've got a great episode for you guys. We've got Kendall. Obviously, we want to catch up with her. And Jared was just in San Francisco doing Almost Famous Live. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, we were in San Francisco this past weekend. We had an Almost fa- Oh, I didn't. Uh, Ashley and Ben had an Almost Famous Live podcast. It was a lot of fun. Like 400 people came out. But... The reason I bring it up is because when I went on stage, because I was one of the guests, I went on after Derek, and I got on stage, and obviously I'm shamelessly plugging this podcast, <laughs> telling everybody to listen, to subscribe, comment, follow us on Instagram, and then somebody from the audience goes, help, I suck at dating. So then I started oh, screaming on. on stage. I'm like, yes, help, I suck at dating. And so I started doing it, and I got at least 40% of the people to start yeah. chanting, help, I suck at dating. How, and it, and what, how great would it have been if while you were on stage chanting it, I walked in through the back door and started chanting and getting the back of the crowd riled up. Help, Next I, time we do that. He said, where is Dean when I need him? So there yeah. you go. You create well, an angry mob. I, 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 that's pretty much my purpose in life. Not an angry mob, mob, a sucky mob. Happy sucky <laughs> yeah. mob. Yeah. Yeah. Angry sucky mob. And then there was a, a section afterwards where we did like a little meet and greet, and at least fifteen people came up to me and were like, "Hey, I'm part of Suck Army." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yes, 50, Suck Army. It's 50, a movement. How many it's growing? Were, how many were in attendance? Like twenty thousand. So fifteen out of twenty k. That's a good. <laughs> that's a lot. It's like what? It's a starting point, Dean. Okay, <laughs> but it was pretty cool when people came up and started, you know, commenting on how much they love the podcast, and it was a really cool moment. We do need to. I'm sorry, we need to change that sound effect. It sounds Every, like an octopus like tentacle. Yeah. Right? I right. picture like an Sucking. octopus. Like, suck. They suck. Yeah, yeah, but what I, I think we should do is we should make one of Dean yelling like Suck Army! Uh, Assemble That'd be pretty good. <laughs> Maybe yeah. like a vacuum cleaner just turning on real quick. Oh my dog would go crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, you could All die. the dogs in the world would be mad. Anyway. We'll, we'll work on changing that sound button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, back to you, Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kendall, thank you for joining us. You know what's funny? I mentioned this the last time you were on this podcast, but the first time I ever co-hosted this podcast was with you. Yes, I remember. Uh, oh. And that was long before I was a staple on the podcast. Thank you, Amy. But and now Kendall has that. her own podcast, too, Down to Date. This is true, Down to Date. Oh, I yeah. help other people find love. You're our main competition. I know. Bring it on, <laughs> and suckers. And if you're wondering why we brought you here today, it's actually to murder you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're going to die. <laughs> Doors are locked. <laughs> So tell us about it. How's that um, a date? Yeah, so basically I facilitate a first date between two strangers in the podcast studio, and um, I act as like a third wheel, fly on the wall, and um, I try to bring it on in the podcast studio. It's, it's pretty fun. You How do you get lot. on the podcast? How do you get these people to come on and go on a first date? Um, friends, friends of friends, like literally anybody can go on, and um, it's been fun to see like how people act during like a first date that I control. <laughs> and so how do you match them up? Do you kind of? I wing get to, it usually most of the really? time. Yeah. So, I mean, so you don't get to know the person beforehand. Not really. Sometimes I'll have my friends go on, but I feel like the best kind of relationships are the ones you don't expect. So I, I like to put people in a room together and just let it all hang loose and just go for it. And sometimes it works. Yeah, it does. Have you had any success yet? Um, we've had some people who've gone on multiple dates afterwards. Nice. Um, I'm not sure if there's any commitment 
going on yet. Right. But I think it's a pretty high percentage. That's what season two is for. You can follow up with all the guests. Yes. Season two. I want to, I really want to be an officiate for a wedding. Is that what it is? Officiate? Uh, officiate. You'd like to officiate a wedding. I'd like to officiate a wedding. I think that'd be kind of cool. And that would be a, be really a cool. wedding of two people that met on down to date. Hopefully. That's what you're saying. I'll accept for. any other wedding. See, yeah. I think you should do like a uh, smaller version of Bachelor. Like you bring two people in that don't know each other, that you've done no research on, and they either get engaged by the time the podcast ends or they go their separate ways. There's no or, in between. <laughs> can I also add to this uh, this, this brainstorming session? Yeah, real yeah, quick? bring it on. Maybe bring in one guy <laughs> okay. and then bring in like four girls all on the mics. And every 10 minutes, the guy eliminates one girl until oh. there's one girl left. So savage it's pretty savage but <laughs> that's the nature of the game you that's know? true like a, almost like a blind dating kind of podcast it'll be like situation. the hundred games of podcast again we're yeah. not we're not telling you how to run your podcast here no but no, i like these just... ideas keep them coming i'll steal all of them give you no credit we should great. do this on help us like a dating one episode <laughs> well yeah okay maybe on second time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait and then beyond the podcast you just got a dog i did he's a little weenie um, little weenie dog. He's and, about six inches, or uh, yeah, about six inches. <laughs> His name is Pistachio. On a good day, um, and he's great. He's like a cuddler. He'll cuddle me like every night, and um, he hates everybody else but me. So it's perfect. Really. <laughs> what made you want to get a dog? Um, I've always wanted to rescue, and I've um, fostered a lot of dogs. So I felt like I really wanted to like make the commitment of actually like saving a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it always breaks your heart to have to leave them. So I. Figured, why not? Let's go for it. Then you just picked this one. Um, so, with the rescue, how did it go about? Um, so, I rescued from Bunny's Buddies, which a lot of people are familiar with. Um, and they sent me kind of a grainy photo of him, and they said he was going to die in two days. And I was like, I oh will save God. you. Like euthanized? Yes. Yeah. So, uh. um, you can't say no to that. So, no. you know, I'm glad that I didn't. And so, um, yeah, a month later, they flew him to America, and he is now an American pup. Where, where is he from? Yeah. He's from South Korea. Ah, nice. Yeah. Aww, and what's his name again? Pistachio. 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 He's a little nutty. So I've got a real, uh, a real soft spot for dachshunds. When I was a kid, we had a miniature long-haired dachshund. Oh, are the do- the long-haired ones are a little feisty? The, she was really yappy. Yeah. But just ever since having her, her name was Subret. I've always had a soft spot for them. My roommate hates dachshunds. Like if he really? dates a girl and it ends up she has a dachshund, he like immediately severs all ties of communication. <laughs> oh, I mean, seems strong. Yeah. Well, dachshunds are very they're fiercely loyal. And like highlighting on the fierce part, like yeah. I feel like he—he's just—he has been abused in previous homes, so I feel like he has a distrust for humans, but he loves other dogs. So, just perfect. Yeah. How can you not like other dogs? Um, How is he with Joe? He's—he at first he was a little bit hesitant to mm-hmm. warm up, but then um, he did really well. Now he does really well. Well, how do how do take to you? Um, automatically he loved me. Huh. You know, you love you know, it, it just makes me feel a lot better about who I am. You know, like when a dog doesn't like you, you take it personally. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he just automatically loved me and imprinted on me right away makes me feel really great. So you, you agreed <laughs> to adopt Pistachio before you'd even ever met him. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And well, let's say for obviously worst case scenario, they bring him to America and then for whatever reason it doesn't work out with you and him, then it, would you bring it to a foster shelter here in Los Angeles? For me, that wasn't ever an option. Yeah. Um, I feel like once you commit to a life, yeah. you have to just dedicate, you know? So for me, I was like, I'll, I mean, right now he's through training. He had his first training class today. Nice. He got so many little hot dogs. He's very, very proud of him. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're getting better. I mean, he's not, he definitely has a lot of behavioral issues he has to work out, mm. but um, I'm along for the long ride, you know? <laughs> my, uh, to bounce off your idea about once you commit to a life, my sister and her husband uh, uh, rescued a dog. And uh, they uh, 
he had a heart murmur, which was, we found out, as soon as they got, I think from a breeder, I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was breeder rescue, I can't remember. But they found out they had a heart murmur. But it was a very low-level one, wasn't going to cause any health issues. Two weeks later, they brought him to the event, found out it was the worst-level heart murmur you could possibly have as oh, a dog. Okay. And the dog would live only till six months unless they have heart surgery, which would have cost them $6,000. They found this out two weeks after they got the dog. Where's my checkbook? Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, they had to have the conversation, do we go forward with this and spend this kind of money to save the dog, uh, or after two weeks, do we you know, give him away and get another one? And, of course, they, they paid the $6,000, and now Bosun is a very healthy, long-living dog. You wouldn't have told that story if they didn't pay the $6,000. Absolutely not. Everybody knew where this story was going. Yeah, you think yeah. I was going to end that story? Be like, yeah, so they gave him the dog, and the dog's probably dead now. Yeah. And then they went out and got but, uh, but now they have a healthy little Bichon uh, named Rascal. Uh, no. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that would have been a dark turn to say the least. It would have been. My brother's got a wing too. By the way, before we move on, I want to show Kendall this real quick. So Kendall reached out to me after my surgery and gave me a bit of advice and I went out and took oh, the hey. advice. Oh my gosh. Are you reading it? I have not cracked it yet. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, the original plan was to read about a hundred pages of this book. Kendall recommended to get the book. This it's book such will a great blow book. Your what's, mind. The name, what's the name of it? This book will blow your mind. Journeys at the extremes of science. It's an amazing, amazing book. It, it definitely does blow your mind. Why did you recommend it? Um, because it's one of those things that kind of takes you away from your current situation. <laughs> what is it about? <laughs> well, it's about mind-blowing things, right? Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. In so nature? it's about, it's basically about um, things that happen in like the real world that you can't believe happen. It's just so like mind-blowing. Hmm. Um, so a lot about like space, a lot about just like, like how we see color, just in general, like things we take for granted every day. That's the kind How of we see color, is that the kind of thing, like, what my blue is could be your red? No. I've heard this before. I don't necessarily believe uh. in that. I, well, I feel like, okay, so our eyes are so limited in the sense that we can only see a certain amount of colors because of the amount of cones, cones. that we have. Um, so if you look at, like, a mantis shrimp, they have, like, 23 cones, so they can see, like, two million, thousand, bazillion colors compared to how many colors we can see. Um, so that kind of stuff blows your mind. So if somebody's colorblind, do they only have two cones? Yeah. Well, so the, so there's two different kinds of colorblind. So there's one color is like become like a science podcast. It's great. Um, I love it. You're so knowledgeable. (laughs) So there's one kind of colorblind where you have a lack of cones and usually men are the ones that have that kind of colorblind symptom because they have like one less chromosome, um, than women. Um, but then there's another one where you're retina well actually it crosses so it blends colors so those are the ones where you see people putting on those glasses and they're like oh wow i can see colors now you know Mm. so there's just so it depends interesting but there's been like studies where they've like injected like red cones into like chimpanzees eyes and people uh, not people and the chimpanzee can actually like start seeing like red so right. it's pretty fascinating. The crazy thing to think about that, and sorry, we'll, we'll move on. We'll, <laughs> well, Tracy McMillan is here, and she's uh, ready to go. We're going to bring her in. Before we do that, though, I do want to say the crazy thing to think about, to your point, you said mantis shrimp have uh, 10x more cones in their eyes than mm-hmm. we do. It's like it's it's colors that we can't even fathom what they are, right? Like, like yeah. what would it be? So their rainbow is, like, extra thick. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, I mean, it's usually, like, variants of the same colors. I mean, I guess... It's like that, the best that we can do is like variants of the same colors we can see, but like different kinds of magenta or different, yeah. you know, so. Well, we'll talk about more of that maybe off air. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, next up we have Dr. Tracy McMillan coming in and we are going to dive into a little bit, bit about her and what she has to offer for our suck army. She has a lot up. of thoughts, actually. Her, her, she, has, uh, she says that men are way more into relationships than women in terms of commitment. That's false. She says that you should have the baby before you get married. That's good. She's, she's pro-arranged marriages. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she has a lot of interesting thoughts that we need to get into with she her. She was on Oprah. I feel like that's... <laughs> and that's impressive as well. <laughs> that was you're, super impressive. Point is, you're not going to want to miss it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome back, Suck Army, to Help I Suck at Dating. We have a very special guest who is in studio with us right now. She is a television writer, relationship expert, and author of three books, including Why You're Not Married Yet, and her TED Talk, The Person You Really Need to Marry, has more than 12 million views. It oh. is Dr. Tracy McMillan. Except I'm not a doctor. <laughs> We're going to call you doctor anyway. Yeah, people do. People on Twitter... 
It he, says right there on the front crazy. page, Dr. Tracy McMillan. People on Twitter decided I was a doctor. We're doubling over down the on weekend. this. Doc, Just accept it. Doctor, it's, so, it's a pleasure it's to have so you in the If somebody <laughs> called me a doctor, I am Dr. Jared Haven, MD, on whatever you think I practiced. <laughs> All right. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming Thanks in. Thanks for having me. I love being here. Oh, yeah. of yeah. course. So, uh, actually, Mark was uh, expressing some of your views uh, before you came mm. in. Which I think the audience would love to know more okay. about. One example is men are way more committed to relationships. Okay. Well, okay. That's probably a little bit simplified, oversimplified. So here's the thing. That's what we do here. Help us. That's okay. Data. That's okay. <laughs> so one of the things about, for example, women file for divorce 70% of the time. Mm. Women are the people who file for divorce. So you got to wonder, why is that? I think part of the reason is that when women are unhappy in a marriage or a relationship, because it kind of go, goes for a relationship, they're way more unhappy than when a man is unhappy in a marriage. Because, like, dudes can compartmentalize in ways that women either cannot, will not, will not. And also there's a lot of research about how when men are um, committed to the relationship and open to being what's called influenced by their wives... This would go for the girlfriends, too. The relationship is much happier. Now, it doesn't work the other way. Well, I need yeah. more explanation on that, I think. Okay. Yeah, my my idea would be that guys are, and I'm speaking as a guy, so I can yeah. say this. Okay. You know, we might be a little stubborn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe <laughs> a little dumb at no. times. <laughs> uh, so I think guys are just... I think also a lot of relationships that I've seen, women are the ones who are not afraid to speak about their That's emotion. True. And where a guy will just, if something's wrong, he'll just handle compartmentalize. it. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize mm-hmm. and, and, and not want to deal with the situation. That's right. Women, um, well, this is all research. Um, women are the people who bring up problems in a relationship, like much more than men do. So I think the thing about being influenced, what it means is this to explain, Dean. Please. Um, so basically, it, to be influenced means you listen to your partner, you take in what they say, and you allow yourself to be changed by it. Mm. As opposed to just, oh, there's words raining down on my ears. and Nothing is going to change in my heart or in my behavior. So when a man is open to being influenced by his wife or girlfriend... They uh, those couples report a much higher satisfaction mm. in their relationships. Now, when women are open to being influenced by men, it doesn't change the outcome of the happiness quotient. It's really a guy thing because I think it's it works the other way. When a guy is not open to being influenced in his relationship, it makes a lot of unhappiness. Very unhappy partners. And when you say influence, what do you mean uh, influence on what? Like in what To be aspect? taking in what they're hearing, to be moved by what they're hearing, to be willing to change, learn, But is grow. This, does it cover the gambit? Like yeah, change emotionally, anything. change physically, yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff? Yeah, so if you say, okay, for, for example, in one of my marriages, because guys, you know I've been married a lot, right? Okay. okay. How, many, how many times? Three times. Okay. Okay, so okay. judging by your math, I'm just going to crunch the numbers real quick. Yeah. You filed for divorce twice out of those three times. And all three times. Oh. I was just, I, I looked but, down in your hand. I didn't see a ring. So I was like, no, I but, think it's three times, Dean. No, but the thing about it is, is that even the third time, he was like iffy, in the, but he would have stayed married. Hmm. See, he was okay to have, do we swear on this show? Yeah, swear. Yeah. Bullshit. 
Okay, he was okay to have bullshit going on and be married. He was just like, why do you have to leave? It's just bullshit. And I'm like, no, because I don't do bullshit. Do you think it's because maybe men sometimes are better at like distracting themselves too? Yeah, that's yeah. to me the compartmentalizing thing. Yeah. He didn't, it wasn't like, it didn't mean he didn't want me. It just meant he was very confused and wanted to be able to go to dinner with other women and maybe date them. Yeah. Wait, this I guy? I call that cheating. I call yeah, that cheating. Sure. That's what I said to him. Absolutely. He's like, but why? He, he more wanted to probably have something very non-traditional yeah was this your third marriage mm-hmm. okay so oh, was my first two husbands were super sane super solid and i was the one who wasn't ready so can i ask you why why keep getting married again well it, it wasn't exactly like that so the first time it was the 80s so i was 19 <laughs> okay guys i love how people use that as an explanation no, no, no. it brings so much joy to my heart <laughs> be like it was the 80s everyone was doing it yeah it, it's what happened it's true i and love I, it and i'm from minnesota so it's absolutely what people were going to do right then is sure. be like, we're, we've been together two and a half years. We're getting married. It's the next obvious step here. Um, never mind. I'm a teenager, but whatever. A lot of my high school friends are still married to their high school sweethearts, so it can work. Do you think they're miserable? Um, actually, I think most of them are not miserable. Oh, that's good. And sometimes this other friend of mine will be like, are they really happy? I'm like, I think they are. Nice. Do you think, think there was a happy. time when they were miserable? No, I, I think we're about to step into another whole topic around attachment and secure attachment. And I think securely attached people enjoy being in a relationship. It's no big deal. And But they pair up very young, and then they're out of the dating pool. Hmm. All right. Well, so so your first marriage was in the 80s. Yeah. What happened with the second one? The second time I was pregnant, and that was in the 90s. So I, there were 13 years between my first and my second marriage. So when you say, why keep getting married? I'm like, well, that was a long time in between. And then there was my next marriage was in... 2005 so that was 96 to 2005 i suck at math nine years mm -hmm. and then how long I, were you and how that's long were you 14 married? years ago since i was married wow uh, yeah well you look so I young that's why good. i was like you look great <laughs> I just look good. you missed the 20 teens you would have hit every decade had you hit the 20 teens i know well we're not done yet are we oh yeah no, we we're that's okay i've learned i don't need to i do want to get married again I do. I mean, but not for just because. Right. It has to be right. I'm curious to hear what Kendall thinks about all this because you have some interesting uh, ideas when you say the baby before getting married, the person. Uh, Potentially, yeah. Here's what I want to do. I want to open your guys' minds to other ways yeah. to be in a relationship that isn't The Bachelor because yeah. that only works for some people. For, like, for uh, a small amount of people. I would say I, my <laughs> example is always like a home perm. It's like a home perm, one-third of the people are going to get nothing, one-third of the people are going to get perfect curls, and one-third of the people are going to be like they stuck their finger in a socket. And I feel like the traditional idea of like, we got, we met, we got married, we were 24, whatever, that works for one-third of the people. And then there's everybody else. And so I'm trying to go, what if you're in the other 66%? Let's talk. Hmm. Yeah. No, it's a fair Let's question. Let's get creative. I think part of me agrees that usually it's the female that gets restless in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious because you, you had mentioned before that you were um, interested or you you support like um, arranged marriages. Mm -hmm. Why why is mm -hmm. that? Well, I'm going to say I'm going to use that word loosely. Yeah. I'm going to say there's a lot of research on arranged marriages that they're actually very happy. They are happy marriages. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm always looking for the whys. When I read this stuff, I'm like, why is that? I'm going to say, number one, it's probably because people, when they get romantic, 
like that romantic thing that happens where you're just like turned on and like woo fired up that is actually unresolved trauma emotional stuff childhood stuff generational stuff coming to the surface being activated Mm -hmm. that's what that exciting fearful feeling is so when you somebody arranges a marriage they're not choosing out of that they're choosing out of like you're this and you're this and like this should work Mm -hmm. and there's not the expectation that this person is going to make me happy the expectation is we're going to build a life yeah i can agree i think the advent like of uh like dating apps and stuff like that it's like the power of choice Mm -hmm. and at what point is the power of choice debilitating you know? Oh my gosh! So I Pretty think, soon, right? Yeah. I mean, about I five like, minutes into swiping, you're like, "This so sucks." So true. <laughs> and I feel like that's why dating is so like short. You know, so quick. It's like a quick turnaround. Yeah. I mean, at least I'm speaking for Los Angeles because I feel like um, there's always something else that's shiny. Yeah. And so the idea of you're committed to this, you're in this, make it work, or find a way to find happiness yes. in it is kind of something that. Yes. You know, it sounds kind of cool. Well, it's a lot less mm. about like. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. <laughs> I like that. I don't like that. It's just so much less about which way the wind is blowing emotionally or inside of you. Because, like, we change a lot of times. I would say the idea of arranging a marriage. Like, I see a lot of couples who got married because it was time. Mm-hmm. And and people say that's a bad thing. But I'm kind of, like, not so sure. I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe that's okay. It's it's a good thing for people to get married when it's time? No, I'm saying it's an option that you could just choose somebody who's like appropriate that you get along with that you could and I'm saying all the ways they arrange a marriage the same set of criteria and that you come into it not with the idea like this is going to be the most passionate oh my god thing. You come into it like we're going to build a life together. Well, I think people forget with marriages and relationships that this person, yes, you'll be spending the rest of your life with, but you're also going to be spending every day with. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, there has to be more than just the romance. You you're going to have a conversation with this person every day for the rest of your life, right. hopefully, as long as it works. And you have to factor that in when you're choosing who you want to hopefully spend the rest of your life right. with. I saw a study. I just looked it up uh, about arranged marriages. Mm-hmm. And it says, according to a 2012 study by Statistic Brain, take that as We're you will, uh, 53% of marriages are arranged worldwide. The global divorce rate for arranged marriages is 6.3%. I got to say. Which is pretty low. But also we also pretty understand. Pretty low. It's crazy low. Yeah. But we also understand that maybe there's probably a lot of different factors uh, mm-hmm. into why arranged marriages stay married. Sure. I'm on the other side. I disagree with the arranged marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like fringe territory of human trafficking it's mm-hmm. kind of like pseudo in a sense mm-hmm. and the only reason in my opinion again i, I could be wrong it's just right. an opinion that the divorce rate is lower is because the only reason they're doing it is to uh fulfill fulfill their family's wishes their mother their right. father whatever it is and which so is that's going to stop them from getting divorced as well Well, i'm not suggesting your mom and dad set you up i'm suggesting yeah, yeah. you find a marriage that is appropriate that you're not choosing from the bachelor criteria yeah. you're choosing from these other criteria that are more like building a life with someone yeah and i, I also want to say I'm, I'm not saying i'm in favor of arranged marriages i was just bringing up the stat yeah for context people right um, but i agree with you there because sometimes when i look at the bachelor now that being in a relationship for uh you know a couple of years after being friends with this, my wife for so long and now being married you do realize that 
while you're watching the show, and it, and I understand that those feelings are real because I was there there in their mm-hmm. spot at one point, as we all were, and the feelings are real. But you, what they don't know in the moment is that that relationship right there in that bubble, mm-hmm. you're going to have to take back into the real world mm-hmm. and develop and strengthen and choose mm-hmm. each other every day and exactly. incorporate each other into each other's lives, uh, both with families, location, uh, work, uh, goals. Uh, because, sure, there's probably a lot of things that you guys have in common when you're talking mm-hmm. and having conversations, but I guarantee you there's a lot of other things that you don't have in common that you're right. not even thinking about that a year and a half down the road right. you're going to realize could cause uh, some issues in the relationship. So what we're talking about is what is the quality of that first nine to 18 months going to be like? Is it going to be like super hot or is it going to be like, okay, I think I met somebody I can really work with. So that's really what we're talking about. Cause what you're saying is after the 18 months, the work is the same. It's about choosing each other every day. It's about, so we're talking about a quality of the hot part. Because the hot part cools off pretty much for everybody. I guess, like, because The Bachelor world is such a, like, a fantasy in a lot of ways. Exactly. It, it tears you out of your normal life. Yes. And it puts you in, like, this world where anything is possible. And right. um, when that starts to become a challenge, then that's where the real decisions happen. Yes. And I think that the falling in love period mirrors that fantasy period. Like, mm-hmm. Now that I've been in relationships as many as I've been in, I, in the falling in love period, I just say to the person, guess what? This is going to wear off. Like, (laughs) do not think this is going to maintain because it's not. How long do we think it's supposed to last? Well, there's actually a lot of brain chemistry on this. It's like, it's like anywhere between nine to 15 months. Okay. You know, six to 12, like somewhere in there. Yeah. It's so interesting because it makes you think. Were we built to be monogamous and to have like these long lasting relationships or were we built to have, oh, that quick, fiery passion, have a baby, move on? I think we are built for all of it. I go to the home perm thing. Yeah. Some people are built for multiple partners. Some people are built for one partner. Some people could go either way, depending on circumstances. And if you were having a tribe of like 150 people, which is how we used to live, you'd want some of each. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want everybody getting married a hundred times and you don't, you know, you don't want everybody doing that, but you, it would be good for, you know, keeping things not just interesting, but well, it's more like the variety that you would get, the genetic variety that you would get because some people run over to the other tribe and go get somebody, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like (laughs) the variety that you would get would be good for the Mm -hmm. species. Like we are animals and we evolved. Jared made a good point. uh, I think near the end of December, end of November, one of those episodes, you said that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, you said humans, in, in your opinion, aren't inherently monogamous, but you make the choice to be every single day. Yeah, and I, I find that, that more romantic. I think yeah, in, in, cool. in our society, a lot of people just believe or want to believe that you're destined to be with one person, and and you know you you find your soulmate. Uh, I I believe that there is a type of person for me that I connect with more than others. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say that that type of person is my soulmate, sure, but I'm not sure if that really narrows it down to one person. Yeah, and so like with my wife, I her and I choose each other every day and we're going to have to continue doing that every day in order to have a successful marriage. Uh, And that's something that I try not to forget about. Um, And I try to remind myself because I think a lot of times in relationships, um, people 
they back out too easily mm-hmm. because they think, well, if it's hard here, then this person's not meant for me. Right. And I've said it a million times on this podcast, but like I said, if, if something gets difficult and they choose to go the other way and they're like, well, it just didn't work out because, you know, that was really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I got news for you. Mm-hmm. Whatever relationship you're in, there's going to be a lot of difficult times right. and you're going to have to work at it. And so really what it comes down to is either you choose to be with this person or you don't. Don't You can choose to do work or you don't. Exactly. Some people, some people just hold the beach ball underwater, though. And then they're like, we're getting along. Look at us. But they just don't ever open the closets. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't ever have the conversations, the hard conversations. It's a numb way to go through life, right? hundred percent. I feel that there's been like certain studies with lizards that show that some are built to be monogamous while others are more polyamorous. So there's like proteins that are built in the Mm -hmm. DNA. And I think they find that in humans as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I... I feel, because I'm very scientifically minded, mm-hmm. that humans are either born monogamous mm-hmm. or born polyamorous, yeah. and then you have to like societally live up to that. And I'm going to say there's probably, okay, so if we're going to the genetic thing, yeah. it would be like there's probably some things that are, you know, like eye color, where it can be not just blue or black, but it could be in half. Mm-hmm. And there's probably people, because I feel, sometimes I think of it as hunters and farmers. And like, I'm a huntmer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm part hunter for sure. Obviously, I've been married three times. I've been in 11 relationships. And I sometimes joke that I'm going to be lying on my deathbed holding the hand of my new boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but I really don't want that. But once I'm, but I need to be monogamous inside of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to have casual sex. I've never wanted to have casual sex. I never had a one night stand. I do not want to have a one night stand. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm both of those things. Yeah. You yeah. know, but then if, how long do I stay? My longest is like almost six years. But then if you go to my relationship with my kid's dad, we just talked today and my our kid is 22 and we still get along, but we started out as coworkers hmm. so, yeah. and, and we still are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the coworker relationship was a perfect building block for family. It was like, we make decisions together. We are very functional together. I mean, was it super passionate? No. What, if it were 1937, would that be a great marriage? Sure. But we're not in 1937. We're in 2020. And like people want to have, you know, um, self-actualization through their, the, through their relationships. We want to capture like something spiritual through our relationships. You also have a longer life expectancy. Exactly. I mean, I feel like it, because life is so much longer, there's yeah. so much more room for things to go wrong, for things to yes. be upsetting in a relationship. Yeah, and also true. to do it in different ways. That's also why I want to just put it out there. Like we need to invent some new ways to structure relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where it comes in where it's like, maybe you have the baby with somebody who's great that you can work with, right. but you don't necessarily imagine that you, this is going to be where you're going to partner. Yeah. You can partner in a family, but that doesn't mean that's not the same as a romantic partnership. Interesting. I'm just. There's, know, there's a lot of different it. ways to look at it, too. I yeah. Think, you know? I had a question because we talked about, I think we talked about two separate things. Mm-hmm. One, uh, like you said, holding the beach ball underwater mm-hmm. and not having those difficult conversations. So I guess yeah. for people listening out there that might be going through a difficult time in their relationship, mm-hmm. how far is too far? Because I. I say, you know, you have to still be willing to fight for the relationship, do what you guys need to do, whether Mm -hmm. that be go to therapy, talk more, be more romantic, put each other first, so on and so forth, or go the other side, you know, when do you know enough is enough and it's time for you to move on? I'm going to say 
I'm going to the attachment thing now. If the relationship is not secure functioning, what we would call secure functioning. So a secure functioning relationship, it's like it works on a basic level. And so when I'm in a relationship that doesn't have secure functioning, right, that's when I leave. So what you're describing where each of you, you negotiate things, you're each choosing it every day. There's this, um, I, you have basic trust, you know, and when I say basic trust, I mean like you trust each other. Because see, here's the thing. We are primates. We come in, our brain is too big, we get born too early, and we have this intense period of dependency on our caretakers for the first year or two, really 10, of life. Or but 30. Could if. be, but but for sure for the first year. So what that means is we evolved to need to attach. That is number one. It's even more important than food. Right. So we attach to our mother. That becomes our primary attachment. Whatever that is, that thing is what we map love relationships onto later. So the thing is, is when you're meeting somebody and you're falling in love, you're just doing bonding and attachment. Okay. So some people attach in ways that are insecure. They don't feel safe. It's like their mom doesn't come when they cry. You know what I mean? Like they're in distress a lot. The partner doesn't know how to calm them down. These are the things I'm talking about. So if you're in a relationship that's hard, but it's hard in a way where you never feel safe, you feel like you're very upset all the time. You have cortisol going all the time. Every day there's arguing. It's <laughs> uncertain. That's when you, that's, that's when you want to go. Now, if it's hard, like, oh, wow, I'm really having to confront myself. I'm really having to do this, you know, hard work of making this choice one day at a time and growing emotionally and, you know, being honest on a whole new level and dealing with shame and all the things that come up in a relationship. That's not the kind of hard you, you leave, you know? So there's different kinds of hard. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think. What do you think? I think it makes perfect sense. It's just so hard to know. And I guess in life, you never truly know. No, I'm going to say you do know because your body's going to tell you. I agree. And the way that she described it makes it sound like it's easier to know because I've been in those relationships before where I was always on edge. I always had this anxiety coursing through my body, the cortisol that you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now in the relationship that I'm in now, I don't feel that same way. That's what it is. I I agree. And I can see why maybe like in the moment, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's causing Mm -hmm. the anxiety or whatever it is. But then once you remove yourself from that relationship, it's it's better. And you don't miss it. Even if you love the person, the sex was so great, you're like, oh, thank God that's over. See, I was was in a different scenario. Granted, this was in my younger 20s to mid 20s. But I was in a situation where I ended it with a girl uh, who is incredible. And because I... She was my first girlfriend. She mm-hmm. was, you know, the first everything. And so I was like, I need to kind of figure out myself and move on, blah, 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 blah. And then months went by and I was like, I am an idiot. And so mm-hmm. I, I, from then on, I always thought that I didn't fight hard enough for the relationship because mm. that's what we kind of were talking okay. about that I wasn't willing to really fight for. That- and I thought looking back on it in the moment, now granted it all worked out because I found the person I wanted to be with yeah. the rest of my life. But at the moment I was like, she was absolutely right. right. I ended it too early where I should have fought more. Yes. And so that's why I come from the standpoint of like, I think my gut was telling me one thing, but maybe I, it was wrong. Or two, what we talked about on the podcast, not Dean, you weren't here, but we talked about listening to your gut but sometimes what happens is when your gut speaks to you you let it go to your head mm-hmm. and then all these other factors start coming 
into what should be just a gut decision, but now you start overthinking it and then you yeah. can't tell what your gut is actually telling you versus to what versus what it is telling you. And but so see, I think maybe I fall into but that. But you're category. not describing that you were in cortisol all the time. You're describing actually it was a secure functioning relationship. You just weren't ready. So you yeah. weren't I'm talking about when the couple is like you know what I'm talking, Dean. It's, I think you haven't been in a relationship like that. That's a it's, you're in a secure functioning relationship, and you were in other secure functioning, and so you're kind of like insecure people. Secure people are like, what? Are you, I don't care. I was going to say, but you because he's a secure attachment. Style. I know. As an avoidant attachment style, oh, yeah. I've been in plenty uh-huh. of yeah. relationships. Especially if you're with the anxious, and yeah. the anxious and the avoidant find each other. They do, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But anxious, anxious is a, or I mean, avoidant, avoidant is very stable, but it's it's dry. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was in an avoiding relationship, like state, like most of my relationships. I mm-hmm. let it get to a certain point and then I jump ship and yeah. come up with some excuse. Uh-huh. Um, and it almost takes fighting through that, going over that hill 100%. to realize how you would be in like a new kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it completely shifts. Yeah. What do you mean by dry? Well, it's like not a moist, yummy, delicious, juicy <laughs> relationship. No. It's not a desirable. relationship that works where you're not getting triggered. Because, see, the reason in a person I'm more on, and I'm going to say, I'm not going to say these are hard and fast definitions. I'm going to say it's more spectrum-y. So okay. let's say there's avoidance from 1 to 100. And at different points of your life and with different people, because if you're with somebody who's a 98 avoidant and you're a 74 avoidant, you're going to start to look really anxious. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're just outdoing you in it. But so let's say you're in a, in a spectrum and you've got a, you're on the avoidant side a little bit more. Um, that person auto-regulates, what called auto-regulates. That person solves problems by going and being alone. And by watching TV or doing something alone with themselves, playing a video game, um, smoking pot, like whatever, they're going to go away from the relationship to try to calm down and get restore equilibrium. That's what I do. Is that bad? Well, it's a style. Okay. See, that's what I do too. But I would also argue that, like you said, I'm a secure. You are. But I know because you don't do it to the the same degree that Dean's going to do it. Dean's going to do it where the girlfriend's going to be like, this isn't working. And she's going to start giving a lot of problems. For me, it's like, I'm going to go down to the coffee shop down the street for a little while. Dean's like, I'm going to go to Europe for a little while. (laughs) So just wait for me. Exactly. That's why I said it's like a spectrum. I can already feel that you're on the secure side. It's it's a tone. Now I know it when I encounter it. Right? (laughs) Um, And then if you know who you are, you know when your stuff wakes up. Okay, so one of the ideas is that if you're on the anxious side... Part of why you're anxious is about the way your um, mom, we'll just call her mom, but whoever your primary attachment person was, how they interacted with you. So if you're anxious, you're anxious because it was intermittent, intermittent. So sometimes they were there and sometimes they weren't. Well, when they were there and you're like in the crib and they're coming and they're going to meet your needs and you're like, oh, my God, my needs are getting met. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That's what you... It's called somatic markers, right? You build little moments in your body, markers, miles, like little signposts that are like around excitement. So when you meet that avoidant, boom, the somatic markers get activated and you're like, mommy, you You don't know that you think he's hot. Hmm. And when you meet a secure person, you're like, oh, I'm not feeling it. And you move on to the next you go find the next avoidant or the next anxious or whatever type of insecure attachment because that's what you match with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it depends what kind of stimulation you need as well. Like, so I think maybe if you need more stimulation, because I feel like when I'm in a relationship, I need like 
constant stimulation or I start mm-hmm. to feel stagnant and that's when I'm like, this water isn't moving. I need to like, jump to like a different ship. Yes, I get that. But I'm going <laughs> to say the attachment is the cause of the stimulation mm-hmm. need level mm-hmm. rather than the result. Oh, interesting. Kendall, why do you think you're an avoidant? Um, I think I'm just comfortable doing my own thing. And I feel like if you're comfortable in yourself, you don't necessarily need a relationship to fulfill that within you. I have a great family. I have great friends. Um, I feel like I'm okay on my own. And But then again, well, I love like the a physical attachment of like having like a partner and sharing well, One that of the space. things about the avoidant is that they tend to go in, get their needs met, and withdraw. Mm, yeah, yeah. I you can know what I mean? Like they're kind of like, I want to just get my needs met here. And then... The anxious person more wants to enmesh or be together all the time. The secure person, like, they're just like, I like it both ways. And you're like, what? Yeah, I'm pretty easy going. I don't even know you people. <laughs> I love it, though. See, that's my dream. Somebody asked me. I was at a party. They're like, so what are you looking for in a man? I'm like, secure attachment. Mm. But I know that's going to be very challenging for me. Like, if you give me secure attachment, all kinds of things are going to happen for me because it really goes. Now you start getting into some of the more because the the attachment is more baseline. That's like scientific. Then then you've got the stuff that results from that, like the intimacy issues, which are more, um, you know, it's scary. Intimacy is scary for everyone. But the the secures. Hmm. Mm. Why is that? Because an, an avoidant is going to feel engulfed. By intimacy, they're going to be like, oh, my God, because that's what it was. Oftentimes, an avoidant is because there was the a primary attachment person was um, mm, consistently not able to respond. Mm. I love your mom. I'm, we're not trying to say anything bad. It's a joke. <laughs> but like I would my first question was, where are you in the birth order? Um, I'm the first. Well, I'm a twin. So three mm. seconds first. So as much as that counts. <laughs> I think twins are a special case too, yeah. because a lot of times I think your primary attachment is to the twin. Yeah. I mean, we've had each other yeah. through every single second. So mm-hmm. it's almost like I have the love of my mm-hmm. life already. Yes. You know, the other person's just a bonus, but uh, not to belittle like no. my relationships at all. But, I mean, but you you're know, being real. Yeah. It's, I don't. And I think a lot of relationships that I've been in, they freak out I'm sure. because they're like, oh my gosh, why do you not need me the way that I need you? You. Right. And I'm like, well, I... I Do you att- attract anxious? I, I attract, yeah. So here's anxious regulates with other people. So mm-hmm. when, if you're in a fight, mm-hmm. okay, let's say there's a conflict in a relationship. The avoidant is going to go off and be like, I'm going to go watch the game or I'm going to go to Europe in your case. The, um, the anxious is going to want to work it out right then and there. And if they can't mm-hmm. work it out with you, they'll go to their friends. And But they're not, they can't work it out all of, by themselves in I a room. I feel like I'm a mix in that way because I tend to want to talk through things. Mm-hmm. I don't like to let things rest because then it changes what you're actually, it's, there's well, nothing like being fresh in like a that's talk. That's true. And avoidance do not like conflict. They want to get it over with really fast. They're like, oh. let's just get through this and move forward because they mm-hmm. do not want to stay stuck in it where the anxious can much more get mired, mired down in that. I feel like I've never felt more seen than whenever I listen to you talk. Okay. Well, and that's really interesting. And that feels so good for for an avoidant until maybe five or six months into the relationship when you're like, stop looking at yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, a lot of things you say really do make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. No. I know. I, could, I, know. I, I feel like we could talk to you all day long, honestly. I mean, yeah. 
Did we, we didn't even talk about dating. Well, we did. This is all dating. It's all dating, mm-hmm. yeah. And I definitely, I hopefully we can get you back at some point. Oh, and talk about it. I talk just live down the street. You can see my house. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh, before, we, before we part ways, you're yes. working on something now, yes, right? Yes, called Family or Fiance. That's right. Let's it's on that. OWN. It's um, a reality show about couples who want to get married. They're engaged and the families are against it. And we move the whole gang into a house in Malibu. And basically, it goes down. In a wow. most beautiful way. And oftentimes, nobody's prepared for the amount of healing and growth that happens on this show. Nice. And there's nothing you Everybody there has problems either you have, your friends have, your family has. Like, it's so relatable. It's so moving. You laugh, you cry. I love it. And how do we find it? It's on OWN. So you have to, like, check your cable provider or okay. whoever your satellite people are. Um, or you can get the app. Great. Oprah Winfrey Network. Owned. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks thank you, for this is awesome. me. Yeah, thank, you. thank you so much. <laughs> you guys are starting a rumor. <laughs> uh, coming up, we have one more segment. We're going to answer a couple emails and then uh, say see you later. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies. The list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs First was Pappy, and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much. With Pappy, he just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him, and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter.
Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the Adoption Drive and to see full terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. We are back, and uh, listening to that tone, it made me realize that at the top of this episode, I was like, Dean, plug the email a couple times throughout this entire episode. I haven't done it once. We love your listener emails, so email us, isuckadating at iheartmedia.com. We have one email today from Hannah. I'm going to have Mark read it for us. Well, I'd be happy to. And the three of us hopefully will uh, be able to dissect it a little bit. You know, I think this is something that a lot of people deal with, and so I thought it was a good one for us to discuss. Great. My name is Hannah. I'm 22 years old and single for two years. I've only been in one relationship, but it was from being a freshman in high school till a sophomore in college. So I know I'm young, but it was a good five years of my early adult life. I'm finally ready to date again, and it would be really nice to have someone to share the good things in life with. I've tried all the dating apps. I've met some guys through mutual friends. It's always good, the first couple of dates. And then we have the talk. And guys always want something more casual, more of a friends with benefits type scenario. Shortly after, I'm always ghosted. Should I try to date guys a little older than me because they're more mature? What age is too old to date? Help, I suck at dating. By the way, I love the podcast. I listen every week. Well, Hannah, first and foremost, thank you so much for being a part of Suck Army. We love that more than anything. Whoop. Where's the sound effect? Here Help, we go. I suck it. There it is. There it is. There it is. Help, I suck it. I'm going to lob this one over to Kendall because I think she's going to have some great insight on this. Um, thank you. <laughs> I feel like it's a very American thing to have the talk about are we monogamous, what's going on? And um, I see that as like a, a sense of you're not really being who you were in the beginning of the relationship. You're all of a sudden becoming somebody that, I mean, yes, there's strength and vulnerability, but I, I think that doing something maybe during date one or date two, it's not the correct time to have that talk mm-hmm. and it might be scaring people away. Um, I always feel like it's better to wait until you are in like a really emotionally secure place with someone that you're dating before having any sort of serious, scary conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a friend who's going through this currently and they had just text, you know, the guy that they're seeing trying to talk about monogamy, trying to talk about, are you dating anyone else? And, um, it, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be stress-free no one wants to be put on the spot. So I feel like don't just avoid it. Why are you even trying to be, you know, thinking about that right now? Just in, enjoy the beginning of a relationship for like the passion that it is, for the discovery that it is. And there's ways to ask questions that don't directly put someone on the spot. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing is that probably Hannah and maybe some other girls too, they uh, they just want to know if this guy's sleeping with other people. And might be afraid. <laughs> I'm, I'm being dead serious though because then you get into like other stuff. And I'm curious if they want to know like, hey, are you sleeping with other people or not? Because... That's an awkward question to ask, to be like, hey, is it just me? Or So I think maybe they ask without asking to be like, oh, are we? Are, is it just us? Are we seeing other people? I mean, I, I agree with I, mean, I agree with that. You want to be safe. You don't want to be with someone who's sleeping with a bunch of different people. Yeah, if you're sleeping with like three girls a night, you know? I a bit, but I also feel like there's a lot to be said about developing trust very early on in a relationship and not trying to peg someone down. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think that if the person is going to meet you and you're developing a really strong relationship and they're going to go off and sleep with other people, maybe that's not the kind of person you want to attract into your life. And if that's something they're thinking about early on, it's something they're going to be thinking about later on in the relationship. Um, I do. I love the answer you gave uh, for the fact that it's I think it's correct, but it's not the answer that I wanted to give. And so I think that yours might be more right than mine. <laughs> well, what answer did you want to get? And I'm so, curious. And so I just wanted to let you know that I think that your answer was the best answer between the three of us. My, well, what's your answer? I'm curious. My answer is answers. just that she should date older. Because when I look mm. back to me, when I was dating uh, as a 22-year-old, I was dating other 22-year-olds. I was that guy that would run away at the, <laughs> the uh, idea of a relationship. But then when I turned 28, at a certain point, I just hit a point where I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be in a relationship now. And I'm going to be the best damn boyfriend I can possibly be. So I think that there is something in a guy's head that eventually flips over to the other side. And maybe dating older for her would be beneficial in that sense because it sounds like she does want a relationship. And if you are seeking out a relationship and not necessarily looking for like that fun, spicy beginning stage, um, be it as it may, then maybe go date older. Well, how old? Uh, well, she's I'm, 22. I'm 28. My <clears throat> girlfriend's 24. So I don't see like you could go 26, 27. It, obviously, so every 20s a little bit. I would say late 20s. Yeah. I agree with you. I think guys really take a long time to develop. They really do, and I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish twenty-two-year-old me on any woman yeah. in a relationship. <laughs> and really, twenty-two-year guys, they're, they're kind of the worst. Yeah. Really, I mean, I think the only thing worse than twenty-two-year-old guys is teenage guys. The absolute they're, worst. They're <laughs> the absolute worst. Yeah. The only worse than twenty-two-year-old guys is twenty-one-year-old guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree, though. I, I think for my thing for Hannah is to make sure that you are ready, because Hannah, don't be also forgetting that you are twenty-two as well. And so just make sure you're ready for a relationship because then if you start dating older, someone, a guy who's like 29, 30, they're going to be ready for a relationship. Mm-hmm. So just be prepared for that. Yeah. Because I'm sure a lot of guys you're dealing with right now are, you know, very fluid and just don't really care. And so when you deal with someone who's ready for a relationship, it's going to be different conversations. And it could be a little scary. Exactly. To hear that from another guy. Because if a guy is in his late 20s, I mean, he could be ready to potentially mm-hmm. find someone he wants to be with for a very long time. One more point I'd like to make on this. When you bring up the talk, guys always want a friends with benefits type scenario. Now, that leads me to believe that you've given them a reason to believe a friends with benefits situation is on the table. That's why I brought up what to Kendall. That's why I said to Kendall, I think some girls want to ask, have you slept with other people? And the way they ask that is not by saying, have you slept with anybody? It's sure. Are we just, is it just us? Well, this is when I, you know, get, I get eye rolls when I say stuff like this, because I'm the old one and I'm the dad and I've got daughters. But my advice to Hannah is don't sleep with these guys so soon. Yes. If you really want a relationship with these guys, let them get to know you. If they're intrigued by you, they'll stick around a little longer than if they get what they're looking for so quickly and then they're going to move on. Dangle the carrot. Dangle it. I agree. (laughs) I don't know. I know. Maybe that's not reality in 2020. I I don't know, but this is my advice. That's good Mm -hmm. advice. Maybe a 22-year-old probably wouldn't stick around for very long, but at the end of the day, that weeds them out anyways. And exactly. Time. Yeah. But there's ways to, I always feel like there's ways to have the serious conversation without having the serious conversation. Like, instead of saying, do you want to be monogamous or do you want to do this? Maybe ask, like, a creative, fun question that gives them an out to be funny. Or, But then if they actually are interested in you, they, can, they would probably gear it towards something that would be more... Serious. You could you could even make a comment like, "Oh, I was out uh, last weekend. Some guy tried to hit on me, but I was like, n- like not interested or something." Like, you know, yeah, like hinting. Posi- yes. There's ways to posi- yes. position yes. it to see how they respond. I think an interesting question is if you had a clock that could t- count down to any moment in your life, what would you want that clock to count down to? 
And that's like a, that leaves a space open for, well, I'd want it to count down to the next person that I meet. Or I'd want it to count down to like when I get an awesome car. It's like the way you take a question like that shows what you are looking for and shows what you're prepared for. I saw your tweet and I was going to re- right? respond sarcastically, but I was just like, ah, I'm <laughs> I did tweet that, but I, I thought it was an interesting question for yeah. like getting it's to cool. know someone and getting to know what their inner voice is saying. Well, Absolutely. Dean, what would, what's your clock ticking down to? My re- sarcastic response was going to be to the time I lose my virginity. Uh. <laughs> But I didn't really think about it very seriously. You gotta go back in time. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, negative. Uh, no, no, I, don't know. I don't know what mine would be. I'll think about it. I'll come back next week with an answer for you there. Do you have one, Jared? This is this is fascinating. What the clock? Your countdown clock. So this is something uh, you're excited for, like yeah. New Year's Eve, or exactly. like something you're looking forward to and counting the minutes until. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to have kids, but I also don't think Ashley and I are. I mean, we're ready. To a sense, but I'm also ready to push it off for a so little while. So that would be a stressful longer. clock. Looking at it, it's no a very what stressful clock. It. It's an exciting clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also yeah. It's, well, what would you uh, want it to be like? Genuinely. What like what sex? No. Well, I mean, yeah, sex is great, but what would you want your clock to be? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, That's, what would you want like, your what, countdown counting down to, be? to a specific moment? It doesn't that, have that to be. I just said a kid. Oh, you want oh, that was your answer. Okay. Oh no, that's what I mean. Like, I'm I'm trying to think of the next stage of my life. I guess buying a house. I've always wanted to own. I've always wanted to own property, and I never have. So I think buying something that's mine, that'd be really cool. Uh, Potentially owning my own business. Uh, But again, these are all so like very generic things. I wish I had. No, but those are good. Those are very good. Yeah, it just shows what your priorities are right now that are top of mind. I was going to say, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we we heard about that. Yeah, great. That's what what we need is another podcast host that doesn't live in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh, that would be unbelievable. I'll call in, guys. Uh, Great. Oh, that sounds great. Get out of here. Oh yeah, no. What's wrong with LA? I want to know. I agree. I think I think not for a while. Mine would be. I've got an answer for you. Is just when I could walk without crutches again. That's oh. on the immediate horizon. Short so let's goal. go ahead and get that squared away, and then I'll move on to the next thing. What does the doctor say? They say my hip will have fully uh, began rebuilding the bone after six weeks from surgery, from the accident. So that's in three weeks. I could potentially walk again. I think I'll be walking sooner than that, but I'm not going to put any, I'm not going to risk it. Yeah, so. you shouldn't push that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't push it. And what would yours be? Um, Mine would be, hmm. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I can't even answer my you own question. I think it changes a lot, but I think mine would probably be... Right now, my mind's thinking, oh, when would I want to like own property? That's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess when will I feel um, like... I guess when will I feel like um, like I've, I've gotten to a place in my life where... Um, it's, I'm like comfortable and I can, I don't know. It's really hard to answer this question How right now. How about when your no, podcast you're... gets picked up by Fox <laughs> as the hot new mid-season replacement series? What? Exactly. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Where <laughs> two people have 45 yes. minutes. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, true. Okay, yeah. When will that be? Sorry. I was, I, she was on to something. I wanted to hear what she was going to say. Um, I, don't, I guess, I guess there's, I guess the one thing, so it's really hard because I, I try not to live in the future. I think that's like a, something that bugs people and allows people not be happy in the present. Um, how so do you do that? How to really not quickly. live in the future? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people have trouble doing that. I feel like I try to just, um, I think reading a lot allows me not to live in the future. It allows me to be in the present and to like reflect on things that relate to my life now. Um, and I think as when I'm learning something is when I feel like I'm growing myself currently and presently. Hmm. 
So that's how I... So keep yourself learning. So you yeah. recommend everyone but you have a countdown clock to yes, something. Yes, except for me. I'm not allowed to be put on the spot, but everyone else is. All right, give I, us one countdown, one clock countdown. It'd be interesting to see when... Um, like I, First, I, I think, oh, maybe like when I die. Oof. You don't want to know? I mean, yeah, Kendall's there's a lot of pain in that. the heat today. Well, because then, then you can feel like you don't have to be stressed about it. And kind of knowing at that point, you'd be so stressed. If it's at twenty four hours, you'd be so stressed about it. I'd be so curious if it's at twenty four hours. I was like, not going in the street, not going to like talk to anybody. What are you curious about? What happens after you die? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. I I think there's a lot of things that could potentially happen after you die. That's the scary part. Yeah. What if nothing happens? Not to be that guy. I mean, energy is neither created or destroyed, so it goes somewhere. But like consciousness is the question. Like, where does your consciousness consciousness go after you die? I mean, when you fall asleep or when you are put to sleep during a surgery, where were you then? I woke up. You were nowhere. I was nowhere. So I guess sleeping. that's proof that maybe there's nothing. Oh, God. That reminds me of a book I read. <laughs> I read a book called They Both Die at the End, which I do recommend, by the way. It's a, it's a young adult novel, and most of the novels I read are that. Um, but it's the premise is... There's We're going to skip service. right over that one? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, you know. There's okay. a service that calls you the day you're going to die. And huh. they say, we're very sorry to tell you this, but this is your last day on Earth. You know, so sorry, get your affairs in order, but this is it. And you, so sometime in the next 24 hours, you are going to die, and you don't know how, but that, that's reality. Everybody gets that call in the whole world. So it's not like this. you're expecting it, you're dreading it, but when that call comes, you got to do the best you can. See, I'd prefer that. Like, I'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're like, oh, dang it, I need to write my will and testament. Like, I didn't even, I have never even written one. No, oh, yeah. So, you know, like, I've been thinking about writing a will lately. Yeah. After your accident? Well, before. Well, Somebody's got to take the van. I think it was once I got licensed to skydive. I was like, if I die, I want my brothers to like have my money mm-hmm. and not oh, my, nice. in the van, obviously. Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, I haven't done it. Well, so the van should go to a museum, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I've actually, well, I had a funny story. So yesterday I was driving the Jeep from uh, Venice to uh, West Hollywood. And that I'm, as I'm starting to explain the story, I realize I don't want to explain it anymore. <laughs> 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 but we were driving. I was driving my Jeep, and my roommate was driving my van. And so I've got vanity plates for both of my cars because I'm an asshole on that guy. <laughs> and uh, we were driving through West Hollywood. We got lunch, and there was this big TMZ truck that drove by. And Caitlin was in the passenger seat. And I was like, oh, look, it's a TMZ truck. All of a sudden, it stops dead in the tracks right in front of us. And the lady runs out on the loudspeaker going, it's Dean. It's Dean. Oh, I my can't God. It's Dean. I don't know why I got how I thought of this story, but it was one of the most bizarre experiences of my entire I'll bet. life. Did you try like running away? <laughs> well, I was in my I was in my car, so I just got into the oncoming traffic lane and zipped off. Why didn't you say hi to the nice tourists? I honked at them a couple times. Okay, That's good. well, anyways, yeah, the TMZ bus is nice because those are people just kind of that aren't in LA and just seeing yeah. the sights. That was my segue into ending this podcast. I think Fair enough. It was. <laughs> Uh, anyways, thank you so much for the listeners out there for joining us on the second episode of the year 2020. We love you guys. What's the email, Dean? The email is isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. Email us, please. I will get on my one good knee and beg <laughs> you all to email us. We love the listener emails. Hannah, we hope that Kendall's advice helped you or maybe Jared's or maybe mine. Email us, isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. Big thank you to our guest, Tracy McMillan. Don't forget the doctor at the beginning of that, too. Doctor, not doctor. <laughs> Be sure to check her out on Family or Fiance on the OWN Network. And, of course, Kendall, thank you for coming in and co-hosting with us today. Of course. Thanks I, for having me on. Always a pleasure. I know this might be challenging because you already host your own podcast. you got a lot going on. <laughs> but we need you in the studio more often. It'd be fun. Yeah. I like talking about all the cerebral things. I'll bring a little bit of a 
I'll bring down the mood a little bit with my darkness. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that's what we need. Bring the darkness. That's what we need. Is there anything else we want to give thanks to, Mark or Easton? I think that's going to do it for today. Great. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being here. Uh, nice to have you in studio, Jay. It's yeah. good to be back. Glad you're okay. I'm going to be here for the foreseeable future since Yay! I'm not allowed to travel technically. So. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to tune in next week where maybe we will suck just a little bit less. Follow Help. I Suck at Dating with Dean Unglert on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.